On this episode of Reliterated, four orphans on the run from their wealthy grandpa play house in an abandoned train car. And that's it. That's the story. Unless it's an allegory for the American dream where, eh, no, no, it's just a story of kids making a home of a boxcar. But in a way, that boxcar could symbolize death in that, nah, pretty sure it's just a story about kids who live in a boxcar. Okay, well, what if Benny is God, Stockings the teddy bear is mankind, and Watch the Dog is, uh, like the Christ figure? Then, nah, it's still just kids living in a boxcar. Well, see what you make of this very simple story as we discuss the boxcar children on Reliterated, the podcast that inserts witty taglines here. Reliterated, the lowbrow book club of grown-ass adults reading the children's books popular in the 1990s but with 2020s hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. We also talk about books in depth and that includes spoilers, so before you listen, if you're not familiar with the story, prepare to be spoiled. I'm Andy. That was a wonderful introduction, Andy. Or I'm sorry, old fellow. (laughs) I'm Harold. I messed it up. <laughs> and I'm Josh. And yeah, you did fuck it up. You fucked up the I flow. Fucked it up. You fucked up everything. You added too much to the introduction. I just wanted to say old fellow. I've been thinking about it for hours. I wanted to throw old fellow in there. <laughs> yes, and, jolly uh, good old bean. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this week we're covering the Boxcar Children, and it is a book that was first written in the 1920s, uh, then revised and re-released in 1942, and boy, does it show its age. Holy shit, does it show its age. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, was all right overall. to read. Yeah, it yeah. was fine. It was a quick, it was a very quick read. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, we'll talk a bit more about the writing style as we go on, but it did read like a long form, like early reader, (laughs) a very simple language, very simple to read and understand. And overall, an interesting story, thought it was... Thought it was fun. Had a little, uh, felt a little my side of the mountain for most of it, though. Like, the way things worked out for the kids and everything. Like, Mm -hmm. everything, yeah, sort of just kind of worked out for the most part. We will talk about the various things that they get into. Sure. But but very very kid-friendly, very, everything's got to be easy and, you know, non-threatening. Yeah. Yeah, but it was more survival than I uh, expected it to be. I kind of expected the, uh, when I thought of the Boxcar Children, I think I've read one of the books from the series, The Boxcar Children, whereas this was like a standalone book, pretty much, correct? Like, basically, this book, and then from there, I don't know, they probably have their adventures elsewhere. This is their this is their origin story. This is the origin story, right. This is when mm-hmm. they get bit by the Boxcar. I'm guessing their mother's <laughs> name was Martha. Yep. she's dead. Her mother's yep. name was Martha. And so. she was killed by a train engine, and uh, they allied with a boxcar. <laughs> Radioactive boxcar. <laughs> I was thinking of a transformer boxcar. <laughs> oh, a transformer boxcar. It'd still probably be radioactive, though. Oh, d- yeah, definitely. And then, then they got sent from their weird. home planet in a boxcar to yep. Earth. <laughs> I looked it up. There is a transformer named Boxcar, and apparently he's just huh. he just sucks. So no. <laughs> nobody he's likes a big boxcar. bulky transformer that doesn't do much. Wah, wah. Well, before we get into the into the book, I want to do this at the head of the show. But uh, we need some reviews and uh, we need some star ratings. So if you're listening to us, please don't be afraid to, at the very least, give us some stars and ratings wherever you listen and. Uh, we we would really enjoy your reviews. We don't even have to li- read them on the air. Don't be sh- don't be bashful. Yeah, absolutely. Do we have a star rating on Spotify? I thought we we, we do. We have a, we have a four point eight on Spotify. Excellent. Yep. So nearly perfect. So yeah. Yeah. Gotta give us That's a five right. star and up the up that ratio back up. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Be much yeah, appreciated. So boxcar children. Author is Gertrude Chandler Warner. Josh, this is your time to shine. Yes. Hopefully, I will be able to pronounce words this week, unlike last week. (laughs) So, she was born in Putnam, Connecticut on April 16th in 1890. 
Her family included her older sister, younger brother, and her, the name of her middle name of Chandler came from her mother's ancestors. Uh, her father graduated from Harvard Law School in 1872 and practiced law in Putnam. Didn't they get the name from Friends? Didn't they get the middle name Chandler from Friends? Uh, maybe that's how Friends got Chandler. That, hmm. that makes sense, actually. Why else would he be named Chandler? <laughs> <laughs> Made sense. And so he practiced law in Putnam, and their house was across the street from the railroad station. She had always dreamed of being an author, even from a young age of five, and actually wrote in these things called 10 cent blank books. As soon as she was able to uh, hold a pencil, she did imitations of some of her favorite stories uh, that I've never heard of. Flores K. Upton's Gollywog stories. Have you guys ever heard of the Gollywog stories? Mm-mm, no. Not a clue, no. Maybe we can look into that, see if it's something little we can do or something like that. And so uh, she was so inspired, she would she made her first book and gave it to her grandfather for Christmas. And then afterwards, every year as a present, she would write him a book and give it to him as a present. Uh, her favorite book was Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Uh, her family was musical and she played the cello, but she never finished high school due to frequent illnesses. Seems to be a running thing with authors. <laughs> they they seem to be sickly children. I think it was just a running thing with people in the early 1900s. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. I, I have listened to quite a few dollops and a lot of times the children just don't live. <laughs> so <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but she did, uh, she did, um, become a teacher because all the male teachers were called to serve in world war one, but then she continued as a grade school teacher until 1950. And she did return to, to Yale for summer school and was a lover of nature. She had a lot of, uh, like insects collections and butterfly collections, as well as, uh, she wrote about how in the second, second book of the boxcar children, surprise Island, the children make a museum from the flowers and shells and seaweed that they pick up. So I think that's pretty interesting. Nice. Hmm. Um, she wrote that se- the Boxcar Children series, uh, as well as The World in a Barn, Windows into Alaska, The World on a Farm, and Peter Piper Missionary Parakeet. <laughs> okay. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds fun. Peter Is it like Peter Piper colon Missionary Parakeet? Or, well, comma. <laughs> Missionary parakeet. Uh, I guess that serves the same function. So this is a parakeet that uh, apparently ser- loves Jesus. Loves Jesus and serves as a missionary. Um, yes, probably um, squawking the gospel to the human world in the cage somewhere. Nice. Name is Peter Piper. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That just went very awkwardly without, like, any, uh, <laughs> like, um, I don't know. It was fun. It was funny. Funny jokes. Yes. Ha-ha. Yes. It's good. <laughs> uh, so she never married. She lived in her parents' house for almost 40 years, then moved into her grandmother's house. And in 1962, she moved to a brown shingled house, interesting anecdote, and lived with her companion, a retired nurse. And in her later life, before she died at age 89, she became a volunteer for the American Red Cross, the Connecticut Cancer Society, and other charitable organizations. And she is buried in Putnam, Connecticut, where they also have a Boxcar Children's Museum, which they apparently just renovated and are open for the 2022 season. Nice. So, if you want to go to Putnam, Connecticut, and go and see the the boxcar, go for it because they Who have. Doesn't one there. want to go to Putnam, Connecticut, Connecticut, Connecticut. Pass it on to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm having the big big troubles talking tonight, which is a great problem to have for a podcast host. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to see some pictures, there are some on the. On the internet and in the, uh, there is an early picture of her and she was, uh, she was a very attractive lady at that time. I would say. Gertrude Chandler Warner, a fox. I was, I would say she looks like a well-to-do classy lady, but she had some good looks. So. So on top of all those accomplishments, she's a looker. And yet she wouldn't give in to all societies. Hey, you should do this. (laughs) <laughs> she didn't get married <laughs> and she wrote about children leaving their p- 
parents <laughs> I guess not leaving because they died. Yeah, they're pers- Hey, let's get the Bob's. We'll get into here. it. Yeah, we'll get into it. So. <laughs> All right. Trying so- new segues. Trying. <laughs> <laughs> the boxcar children origin story. All right. Henry, 13, Jesse, 12, wasn't she, or 11? Violet was like nine, Benny's five, are four siblings whose mother passed some time ago and their father just recently died from alcohol. We meet them when they are deciding what to buy at a bakery. The baker and his wife notice the kids don't seem to have adults, so they take them in for the night. During the night, the kids overhear the baker and his wife talking about sending the kids to their allegedly mean grandfather. The kids decide this doesn't work for them and leave in the middle of the night. After spending a few days traveling at night and hiding to sleep during the day, the kids come across an abandoned boxcar in the woods during a nasty storm. The kids decide they will make this their home and get straight to living the Sam Gribbley lifestyle. The first night, they eat bread, but the next day, Henry gets some work at a doctor's home. With the work, he gets to keep the vegetables the doctor's wife was having him toss out of the unkept garden. He takes his bounty to the boxcar, and Jesse finds some eggs uh, after finding a hen in a bush. They eat a feast and assume they won't eat like this again for a while, but the next day they eat just as well. The doctor takes Henry at a, uh, in a field eating cherry pie. I forgot to add that. Or cherry slump, it was called, which, oh, ugh. But <laughs> <laughs> this sound very good. Cherry slump? Yeah, slump for sl- sloth. Ugh, I can't remember what it was called. I don't remember what you were talking about. Yeah, the doctor takes Henry to the field day. And asks him to report back who the winners are. Henry watches for a while and learns he can enter for free, enter a free-for-all one-mile race. He enters and turns out he is a great runner. He wins the race and the $25 prize. Unbeknownst to him, his grandfather was one of the people that helps put the field day on. Things go well for the kids uh, with the boxcar lifestyle, and then Violet gets sick. Henry goes to the doctor for help, and he has the kids come stay at the house until she recovers. The doctor knows the kids belong to their grandfather, a Mr. Alden. However, he never says anything about this. Inexplicably, Mr. Alden shows up at the doctor's house, and after having some conversation, the doctor informs Mr. Alden that the kids are his grandkids. Knowing the kids think he is mean, he wins them over before telling them who he is. The kids move in with their grandpa, who is rich, and he eventually brings the boxcar to the house so the kids can have it. Bob's your uncle, the boxcar kids. Okay, They're, what? <laughs> I meant to, I meant to, did we not read the same story? No, that, I mean, the, no, you, you got it, it's just... That was really fast for me to to latch on to anything. Maybe it was because I was trying to figure out the cherry thing. It was cherry yeah, dumplings. Yeah, cherry slump. Slump? Slump? D- dumplings. No, it wasn't dumplings. dumplings. They called it cherry slump. That was in the original version, <laughs> the 1924 version. So I, re- I read the 1924 version. Interesting. You read the original 1924 version where it was called like a cherry slumping? Or slump or slump? I'm trying to remember here. Weird. Okay, so in your version, did the girls cut their hair? Uh, my version, no. Harold? I don't remember them cutting their hair, no. Do you have your okay. book on you? Can you check the I have, Yeah, because I have my book with me. Mine's in my mm. car. Yours <laughs> might have just had an older older version where they use still use that slump because that was in the 1924 version slump sour cherry slump it's called mm -hmm. slump yeah sour cherry slump yeah in my version it says dumplings probably because slump is no longer a thing that a lot of people eat (laughs) probably because it sounds disgusting but is in actuality probably tasty it looks really delicious mine was 1977 (laughs) was the last update for mine 1977. Okay, mine was uh, copyright 1942. Yeah, and uh, 1977. Yeah, I think we have the same versions, me and Josh. And Harold read an outdated uh, <laughs> version. Outdated version of it. <laughs> Oops. With a because slight, there were just there were revisions thing. made to it. Um, and one thing I picked out of there is that in our version, or the version I read at least, the children ran away from the baker because like they only wanted to adopt the three older kids and send little Benny to a kid's home mm-hmm. and split them up. And mm-hmm. they were on the run from a grandfather that they thought they would hate. Also, I don't remember their, that their dad died of alcohol. They may have taken that out, but uh, that's that's pretty interesting. 
Yeah, so in the 1924 version, so here's what happened. So I have my book version that I read, the 1977. Then today, uh-huh. I was like, okay, I got to get this back fresh in my head. Let's listen to the audiobook on two times speed, which is what I do <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and so I listened to it, and I was like, okay, I got to slow this down because this is way different. There's a lot more description in the 1924 version. Um, also, the dad is not initially dead. He dies the day that, like, yes. the day after yes. yeah yeah so the kid yeah the kids uh are not actually in our version andy the kids basically are just at the bakery they're already on the run yeah, yeah. they start whereas at the in the 1924 version they're at the house and their dad dies of alcohol and mm-hmm. then they get to the bakery yeah uh, and the yeah, baker there's... and the wife take him in and they just want to send him to they just want to send the kids to their grandfather like there's no question of adopting the kids or anything in fact they already have two kids and the baker's wife is like i'm not taking on four more kids so yeah so uh they went uh to she was gonna like track down their grandfather or something yep yeah mm, interesting yeah in the updated version they just didn't want to be split up so they ran from the baker and, and the baker's wife Another major difference is the names. Uh, so the name of the grandfather in the original was uh, Codroy, Code, C-R-O-D-Y-C-E. And then they changed Codic. it. Yeah, they changed it to Henry uh, J- uh, James Henry Alden. Yeah, Henry Alden, which is much easier to pronounce. See, now I had James Henry Alden, though, as the grandfather's name. There's been so you had many a weird revisions. version, dude. There must have been so <laughs> many revisions of this book. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we do not synchronize like which versions of the book that we're reading. So, wow, this is like the first time that this has happened where we read like wildly different uh, versions of the story well, here. Yeah, I mean, I think it all comes to the same point, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, there's these differences that are seemingly innocuous, but they do change some motivation in the story. Mm-hmm. For another difference was. The, the pink cup. So Benny's pink cup. I remember it very vividly. Like, it's just like, it was a pink cup and it will that be mine. he finds in a dump and he wants to use it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in the original, it, it was, it was a tea party cup of bright rose color with a wreath of gorgeous roses on it and little shepherdess giving her lamb a drink from a pale blue brook with gold on the handle. Its only flaw was a crack through the lamb's nose and front feet. And then and it w- became, he held up a pink cup. There was a a big crack in it, and it was a handle. (laughs) This will be my pink cup, said Benny. So, yeah. Well, obviously the latter is better because it doesn't describe it as much, right? (laughs) I actually had the descriptive one. I didn't mind it so much. Yeah, it was. I like the detail in this, in the, in the original. There was a lot more detail for instance. And another thing that I noticed is like the teddy, the teddy bear in the book was named stockings. I'm like, okay, that's a cool name because it is made of stockings. But in the original, they name him ginseng because yeah. they, they find say, ginseng like... and <laughs> sell it to buy the new stockings. It's not just because they have money from whatever. They had to go and er- like dig up ginseng they and sell dug it. Up ginseng. <laughs> yeah, they dug up ginseng and they sold it. And then they he bought uh, Henry bought new stockings for Benny. And when he came back, uh, Violet or Jesse, it might have been Jesse, took his old stockings, washed them in the creek, and then made... The bear and they they discussed whether or not they would name it stockings and then Benny says no I think we should name it ginseng or no uh, Jesse says we should name it ginseng because that's how we got him and he was like I like it and that's what they named it interesting yeah I like ginseng as a as a name better also it's just sound it's a cooler name than stockings right <laughs> shows more creativity than you mm-hmm. know stockings is the the obvious pick so this this fact that we're reading a book that's like changed roughly twenty years down the road. It's, uh, it's kind of interesting. I wanted to, how much uh, did Henry make from the doctor for, for working in, in your older versions? Uh, in the 1924 version, it would be, because I already found this. I looked this up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm interested in, in like the money and inflation and how much. So in, the, work in, in 1924, worth. $1 was equal to $16.91. But so, Henry makes a dollar. Off of the doctor in 1924 as well. Yeah, right? so he made okay. basically makes fifteen dollars a day. Yeah, sixteen dollars, sixteen ninety one a day, and then in 1942 it was seventeen seventy four per dollar. So a little bit more. Still poverty, you know. Yeah, still poverty. <laughs> but for how for how much work? Like the, he like would mow the lawn for a dollar, or right. 
It wasn't bad. A, the doctor was a taking minor, care of him. A minor task, yeah. But shit was expensive, though. Like, he'd go to buy stuff with that dollar, and he'd only come back with a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, when I go to the store now. and Yeah, just buy, like, like now. It's weird. <laughs> it's funny, because this, this book is almost 100 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's 98 years old, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I did think it was funny that, like, you know, as they're going along, uh, when they first run away, they find, like, a big pile of hay, and they they dig into it and make nests to sleep through the day so that they don't get caught, okay? But all I can think about is, I'm, I'm thinking, like, well, what if somebody comes over and starts, like, using a pitchfork to, like, pull the hay out and stuff, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be sleeping in there all day. Right, that's a little danger. Yeah, that's I, I kept thinking about that. Would have been a more interesting book at that point, but um, way darker. It, yeah, way darker. <laughs> that's that's for sure. Even, even though it starts out pretty dark, it is alcohol. Once they find that box car, though, I mean, life pretty much goes straight into easy mode for them for most of the the book at that point. Because like you know they're getting food left and right, and like stuff is just dropping into their laps. I it's thought. not so much nature survival because they do live near a town just yep. in the woods. They can go into town for, you know, day labor and getting supplies and stuff. Yep. And they go back and make their little home in the boxcar. Yeah. And this is only the first book in a very, very long series. And I don't know, you might be able to do a series based like a, based around living out in the woods in a boxcar. But by the time the book is over the boxcar has moved into their grandfather's backyard and it's just like a little clubhouse. Right. This is the only book of the series where it's actually like a survival in the in the quote-unquote wilderness tale. The rest is basically like little mysteries that they solve, I guess. I don't know. I haven't read any of the other ones. No, I haven't. I, I may have when I was a kid, may have read some boxcar children, but I've never read this one. That's for sure. Hell, I've never read the one you guys read. <laughs> you still haven't also read. Also true. Read it in its <laughs> modern form. But it's it's a wild direction that it takes from this uh, living on living off the land and finding a boxcar or whatever to them solving mysteries. Well, I mean, they got to do something. I wonder if they have such rigid, defined gender roles in the future books as well. Because goddamn, the man goes to uh, to work, women stay at home, take care of the ch- kids. One cooks, one is one sews. The men do the physical labor. It's just. It's, I mean, it's, it was it was 1924, so it just you know <laughs> yeah, their, their I'm, I'm whole just... lives they've been raised that way. You know, I'm sure that you know Henry was expected to do some kind of work, even though his dad <laughs> was an alcoholic, severe alcoholic, and the girls are obviously were were taught how to cook and sew and stuff. So they, you know, it just mm-hmm. is what it is back then for sure. And I'm sure that they have rigidly defined gender roles after this, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, wow, this is very much the the nuclear family of how things are supposed to, supposed to be portrayed, I guess. Right. Well, it was a narrow idea of what a family is, is the most popular uh, notion of a of family and it lasted that way for a very long time for sure well and i mean in this book it would suggest like hey see this is how you make it you you know what i mean you buckle down and you take your you take your role and you do the best you can at it you know that was mm-hmm. kind of the message it might be sending to kids like anybody can do it <laughs> And even with like all the stuff that uh, that happened in between then and now, um, with uh, women's liberation and uh, all all kinds of stuff surrounding like gay communities and whatever, the family still looked very nuclear. Uh, almost everywhere you looked when we were kids in the nineties. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's now just finally getting to be where we can try to be what we want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how much longer we're going to be able to do that, but. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing know. more and more, like in, in uh, media and uh, pop culture and everything, more and more deviations from the nuclear family and what that looks like, or uh, just representations of families that look different, you know? Right. And gender roles are getting mixed up, or just... not, mix, not mixed up, but, you know, diversifying. They're changing. Yes. <laughs> changing, diversifying. Changing, yes. Opening up and. I mean, it's an evolution. We we have, at one time, 8 billion people on the planet. You know, I mean, we're, things are changing about us 
it it's just the way it is probably take a lot longer for those things to actually take full effect and things to be more accepted but it you know at least we're on the forefront of pushing towards some change mm-hmm. but they did pretty good here i mean you know they were all busting their asses one way or the yeah, other they made it work they made it work and i like how they they mention it briefly but basically there were adults that knew they were there. They were watching over them, making sure that they were fine. Right. So, mm-hmm. like, when Violet did get sick, they were, like, doctor was, like, right there, like, <laughs> yep, let's go. He was ready to go, <laughs> yep. And he was, like, took him right up the hill, and Henry didn't, or, what was it, Henry? What was his name? Fuck. Henry was the oldest brother. Yeah, yeah oh, so Henry didn't notice. Boy. Yeah, he didn't notice that the doctor knew exactly where to go. <laughs> right. Because right. he'd been there, he uh, followed him, he... Yeah, he was making sure that they were okay. That's probably why he was like, okay, this guy, this kid is definitely taking care of, you know, all these people. I'm going to give him more than just, you know, a quarter. I'm going right. to make sure that the entire family is able to be fed. And Yeah, the doctor was a good person for sure. And he was, you know, he didn't know what their story was, but he wasn't going to ask or intrude on it either. Just mm-hmm. as long as they were safe. Yep, he was just looking out for them, make sure they're okay. Then again, though, now, if I saw some kids living in a boxcar, I'd be like, they're not safe. Oh, God, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I don't care how right? how good they are at doing stuff. There's a five-year-old with them. Yeah. I mean, there are kids out there that are homeless at five. So. No, I know, man. I think about that sometimes because I'm like, I, I have a five-year-old, and it's like, I can't imagine him out there by himself. Yeah. I can't imagine your five-year-old out there by himself, no. <laughs> no. I think he would actually do... Okay. <laughs> Clark would get himself immediately into trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. I know Bruce wouldn't want to try and do it, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's no, all about safety. You. Safety. Yep. Is Bruce a safety boy now? Bruce has always in, been kind of a safety, been a boy. safety boy. Yeah, he's not interested in getting hurt or... Anything like that. So he's always been kind of a safety boy. Like uh, last year, we got him onto uh, this big sled hill in these tubes. And he he actually went down a bunch of times. I was surprised. He enjoyed the hell out of it. That was great because I was afraid he wasn't going to want to go down. But he he did. So, nice. yeah. You know, we actually had a pretty epic lightsaber battle this weekend after watching have you guys watched obi-wan yet oh josh you haven't watched obi-wan yet i, I haven't watched that. it yet no Ugh. yeah you like to wait until the whole series is out before yep. you binge it all yeah. that's how i watched moon Knight last weekend <laughs> <laughs> so that we can't talk about it on the show which is probably well, safe for i haven't seen multiverse of madness either so <laughs> well that's about to release on disney plus this month i think is it okay yeah, i might have to do it that way i just haven't had the time after work to get out there you know i don't want to give up the time to go watch a movie at the theater and the money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> go on Tuesday. It's a cheap day. Again, I just, in no way do I want to give up the money or the time after I want to come home from work and relax for a little bit. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. So, and I know I, I, Bruce, I could probably get to sit through it on the weekend, but Clark, I don't think I could get to sit through it. He had a rough time at Spider-Man. Oh, he did well, pretty good though. He did pretty was, good, but he got. I would say a uh, Multiverse of Madness is not exactly kid safe. No, no. it's okay. it's it's a Sam Raimi movie, dude. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's some uh, like yeah Sam Raimi type imagery. Yeah, it might be a little bit not good for Bruce yet. A lot of Evil Dead inspiration. Mm-hmm. Josh and I didn't watch the Boxcar Children for this, but we did see like what happens <laughs> to Henry as he grows up. Um, uh-huh. in a movie, a film called Hobo with a Shotgun that Josh made me watch last night. <laughs> with a Ruger okay. That he's been telling me about for uh, years now. And oh, years. just insisting <laughs> that we watch it. And we watched it. And it, yeah, I wish I hadn't watched it. Because yeah, Harold did not like the gore. <laughs> it's one of those types of movies where they do like explicit gore. Uh-huh. To the extent, like, one chick tries to pry open a fucking suit manhole with the bone of her forearm after, <laughs> after her she hand had, gets chopped off. After she stabbed a dude with it, like, five yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I finished this movie, but I do think I've seen parts of it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I would... I I only kept it on because I said I'd watch it, but most of the movie I was actually looking elsewhere because I can't... I don't like that stuff. <laughs> That's fine. You got through it. So well, it doesn't get to that level in Doctor Strange. <laughs> no, no, no. 
It is or at the in the boxcar children. It is PG thirteen children. Yes, boxcar children is is PG or not even PG. Well, maybe because a a girl does get sick. Yep, and there <laughs> is a creepy pneumonia. guy that likes watching boys Wait, run. Are girls not allowed to get sick in uh, rated G movies? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, you know what though? I I picked up on that too, Josh. The fucking yes, like the, the how man kept... that likes to watch the young oh, boys yes. run. They were all so excited about the young boys running. Mm. Oh, so creepy. Yeah. Also, fat men running. Yep. I mean, that's just hilarious. (laughs) I think it said like a fat man had won the year before. Like anybody could run in this race. Oh, see, in my the the year before, yeah, a person of color won. Oh, they they said of color? Yeah. Wow, no, 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 they didn't say of color. We PC'd it up for it. Wow. No, they said they said a colored boy won. A yes. colored boy. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a good edit. Yeah. So they didn't go full N-word, but... <laughs> but at the expense of... Uh removing all color from the story right like there there were no there was nobody but white people in the book i read i mean realistically i feel like it was they didn't really say they didn't say it was any other than who that. it was yeah, yeah. so i oh, mean I realistically guess the cook is irish we know the cook is irish oh yeah the cook is irish yep <laughs> but i mean if they updated this movie if they made a movie of it today they could easily change the kids they were pretty ambiguous about hmm. what their ancestry was Mm-hmm. Well, they did make a movie of it, an animated movie. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Is it on YouTube? I think I Already? saw it on YouTube. <laughs> In its entirety? I don't know. Again, I just saw a glimpse of it when I was looking for the audiobook, which was there. <laughs> because it was quick. done in 2014. I want to try that cherry slump now. Cherry slump. Cherry slump. Yeah, Boxcar Children 2014, right there on YouTube. The so. whole kit and caboodle, eh? Yep, 117 minutes. Hmm. So we'll watch that and tell you all about it on the reiterated episode. There we go. Featuring that- Martin Sheen and J.K. Simmons. Hmm. Get me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> I want pictures <laughs> of boxcar children. <laughs> Do you think Henry's amazing running ability that he came up with inspired uh, Jerry Spinelli for Maniac McGee? There Ooh, was maybe a, they're related. The scene where he was running the race was kind of reminiscent of that. Yeah, because he was running and he didn't know. He like he started off, he was going to pace himself. And he's like, you know what? I can pass this guy. And he just does. And you know what? I think I can, I can go faster. So he runs faster. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to win the race. And then he runs fast enough to win the race. Yeah. And he's like, running's fun anyhow. Yeah. And yeah. they lived hmm. in a boxcar, which is on a rail. Yep. Which Ooh. is what? Come on, y'all. Yep, there it is. <laughs> homeless homeless children it. running. Yep. Huh. We figured it out. Henry Henry and Jesse had a baby named mm-hmm. Maniac McGee. <laughs> I mean, in our version, maybe. <laughs> Not yours. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a second. Jesse's Oh, wait, that's Star Wars. Dang it. That's... <laughs> That's the B story. <laughs> no, the B story can't be incest. <laughs> there are no rules to the B story. <laughs> I will not have this go down as the incest B story. <laughs> Gertrude Chandler Warner was better than that. What was the B story? Right there. Well, I, I guess think- actually, technically, the B story was the version that Andy and I read. Yeah, <laughs> because- yeah you guys read the B story. Yeah, we read the B story. The original story was much slumpier. It's slumpier, yep. It had slump and it had a lot more detail, like about mm-hmm. the about the dump that they go to. Yep. So do you think this is a true dump or is this just a place where everyone takes their garbage and so that they don't have to pay to take it to the real dump? Uh, I mean, it's 1924. <laughs> I think a dump was just somewhere you took your trash. I think it was a designated oh, area yeah, that people that's true. went to. Probably mm-hmm. didn't capitalize it yet. Right. But I think that's very ingenious. Like They're like, yeah, we're going to go to the dump and find stuff. And uh, they, find, they find this place that's really cold so they can use it as a refrigerator. I thought that was very ingenious. I was like, that's nice. That's great. Yep. Yeah, they did a pretty good job. They kept the, the yeah, they kept the milk inside the little stream under a little waterfall or whatever, and it was like icy cold back there. Mm-hmm. 
So in, in the version that you read, Andy, did it talk about the illness that Violet got? Did it say that, that did it say that she what got sick from anything or what or that she just got sick? Mm, let me take a look. In mine, it was pneumonia. Yeah. Stockings. Right, so she starts to get sick here, where it says, Jessie laughed and laughed until she almost cried. Violet laughed until she did cry. Then she could not stop crying. She cried and cried. At last, Jessie made up her mind that Violet was really sick. So, like, Benny cut, uh, watch. Oh, we didn't even mention the dog. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I forgot all about the dog. You guys are all dog, 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 blah, blah, blah. We didn't even mention watch the dog. Nope. (laughs) But Benny cuts. I am looking at a picture of what kind of dog he (laughs) He is. He cuts the letter J into uh, the dog's hair, and the girls start laughing at it, and uh, that kicks off Violet's sickness somehow. And she's like getting all feverish. They cover her with pine needles to warm her up. Which is just a great way to handle it. They run and get the doctor. Doctor comes and finds her. Yep. Yeah, the dog's an air. It was an Arendale. Arendale. Yeah, an Arendale. They're a hunting dog. They don't mention that in the newer version. Oh, they don't? It's so weird, the details that they take out. Yeah, it's an Arendale. And did you, I I almost forgot too, when they're at the, with the grandpa, um, some people realize that they've lost their Arendale and they want it back because it was sold already. Yeah. And the grandpa talks to the lady and buys the dog for the kids. Because he's fucking rich. Yep. Because <laughs> he's rich, bitch. White savior comes and saves saves the children. <laughs> the rich industrialist uh, grandpa. Yes. Running theme of <laughs> 1920s literature. <laughs> <laughs> like you... If you work hard enough and show enough ingenuity, you can make it on your own with the help of your very rich relative. Yeah, yo, absolutely. <laughs> it's the American way. <laughs> <laughs> this is how these stories go. Yeah. Yay, capitalism. Yay, capitalism. Yay, capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> man, I don't know, man. How putting $5 gas in my car is like, what the fuck? Five? Uh, 618 here, bro. Yeah, dude. That's craziness. Mm. That's why I bought an electric bike. <laughs> it's craziness. And then like, I, I just don't understand. It's about time for my rich relative to step in. Where's yep. my rich relative? Where's my rich relative? Yeah. All these people out here like, oh, you're just lazy. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that I'm being stolen from. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Yeah. Someone is fucking robbing me, and they're be legally doing it. <laughs> yeah, like I found out today that credit wasn't a thing until 1989. Yeah, right. Just didn't exist. Not the way mo- it does now. I mean, there was it. credit, but the credit score system. Yeah, not yeah, they scores. learned how to monetize it. So, <sighs> did you say monotonize? <laughs> monotonize. Do, 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 do. Monetize. Nice. <laughs> they monetized it. <laughs> monetized. So, uh, yeah, I, I, the book was fun. I'm glad that there was the differences because I don't know what we would have talked about if there weren't differences between them. <laughs> yeah, it was really kind of a simple story. Kids run away. They like really simple. Like, like they went to the car. They saw that the car was good. Isn't this a good car? Yes, this is so good. Like, it's very simple, like an easy reader, just with more words than a normal easy reading book. And I feel like nowadays children's books are like a, they read at seemingly a higher grade level. I don't know. Well, just the way we use language is different now, too. You got to, you know, so I mean. It really is. But I think it's also that we've stopped underestimating kids. Right. We've stopped infantilizing them so much. And we're giving them more credit and, you know, trusting their ability to understand a little bit more, by and large. Right. Yeah, no, I'm always, anytime Bruce asks me a question, I pretty much just open and honestly answer what his question is. Like, hey, I'm not going to let you try and ask somebody else this question, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Imagine talking to kids like they're people. Right. Dad, is Elf on the Shelf real? Does it come to life at night? You know what, though? talk with them? (laughs) We don't leave them... We don't leave them alone for vast swaths of uh, their childhood to like yeah. take care of mm. themselves, though. So we're actually that's the trade-off. <laughs> we're the bad not, ones. Yeah. 
they're not forced to fend for themselves yeah. most of the time anymore. <laughs> so that they become just... fucking psychos when they're in their teenage years. <laughs> and I think it might be more, it was just more common in the 20s for children to be alone like that. Think about oh, for all sure. Like, I mean, it was more common in the 90s. grew up in the, like, this, in the... In the cities and stuff, selling newspapers and, you know, going to work in factories. <laughs> working in factories was the Fucking stuff. 20s. <laughs> well, you had people dying left and right for various reasons. I mean, the late 1910s were like World War One, and there was still a whole bunch of diseases that we've, by and large, cured today. Uh, more Infant mortality rates have gone down. Overall mortality rates have gone down. <laughs> Definitely while I was reading this, though, and, like, reading about the time they lived in and these kids, like, going out to live in a boxcar and, like, I don't know, almost dying of pneumonia and the, and all that, I was just like, when are we going to make America great again? You know? Yeah, this is this is a great America. This That's a great America. This is a great American <laughs> story <laughs> yep. of four orphans who stick together and build a little home for themselves and are completely self-efficient or sufficient self-sufficient yep i mean yeah they have like a very rich grandpa and a right that's inconsequential a doctor who employs them and takes care of them yeah but that's not really important but it's the bootstraps (laughs) yeah it's the the bootstrap children yep the bootstrap children (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was just i was trying to make a trying to think of a joke to make about uh about like, oh yes, my great America, the Superman ride reigns supreme because of Great America in Six Flags, Great America in Wisconsin, <laughs> or Gurney Mills, Illinois. Hmm. <laughs> that is very specific. <laughs> <laughs> remember Step by Step? I've never even been to a Six Flags. Do you Me remember neither. the show Step by Come Step? I do remember Step by Step. So that I'm, opening crawl it. with the that white uh, roller coaster. That mm-hmm. was that was Gurney Mills, man. Okay, neat. So, so yeah, hey, fun fact, fun, uninteresting fact of the episode. <laughs> update, update on uh, the quantum uh, shifting that Uh-oh. I think people do today. A guy was sitting there talking with everybody, and he's like, he's like, man, he's like, it's like when Liam Neeson died, and we're like, what? Liam Neeson isn't dead. Oh, no. and he's like, yeah, and dude, he was like, like fighting it. And I was like, hey, man, I'm like, it's cool. I'm like, listen, though, everyone here is right. Liam Neeson isn't dead, but I just want to welcome you to this timeline. I just got here a few (laughs) weeks ago myself. And I was like, did you know that Ed McMahon had nothing to do with Publishers Clearinghouse? And he's like, fuck you. (laughs) Oh, Mandela's at it again. Yep. (laughs) Oh. That still blows my mind that Ed McMahon had nothing to do with Publishers Clearinghouse. No, I always thought that was the case, but huh. I mean, I saw a commercial and I was like, okay, yeah, I do remember that being different. But Mm -hmm. because I watched one of his commercials for that Publishers, whatever, how Manufacturing House or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The one that's the one that's Publishers Schmearing House. (laughs) Yeah. He was he was the person that was the spokesperson for like the the off brand publishers clearing house. Yeah, and that's the thing. I saw I watched that commercial. I was like, oh, okay. I remember yeah, the, that commercial. And yeah, the commercial I guess I with the super cut of people getting them. large checks at their door. Yeah, I merged them in my brain. Uh. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. No, we're that's just different timeline. Your entirely. consciousness shifted timelines. <sighs> Man. Then I wish I was like Bigfoot so I could shift back to where to where the one I liked. <laughs> you don't know that you liked it. I don't know that I liked it any better than I like this one. <laughs> Man, I want to shift again. <laughs> I don't like this one. This one sucks. <laughs> it would be weird to wake up one day and like walk outside, get your car, start driving down the road, look over, you see like a humanoid llama. Like, what the fuck? Oh, God. I think I've shifted to the wrong one. Harold was right. <laughs> I don't get the reference. I'm just saying, like... Just a bizarre happening. It'd just be a bizarre parallel timeline where everybody was animals. I remember the Simpsons one where... Overshift. They were like, 
He's like, ah, now to go get a tasty donut. They're like, donut? What's a donut? And he like goes crazy, walks out <laughs> and like leaves. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, it's raining. And it's literally raining donuts. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that was a Halloween house. Yeah. Treehouse of Horror. Treehouse of Terror. Sorry. <laughs> Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, they are. You had it right for a At least I'm pronouncing it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Last week it was like. <laughs> oh, I saw this thing I think I'm going to make for you, Andy. It is... Oh. Do you ever use sponges with, like, the green side on it? Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, Okay. Use, it's a sponge... Today with one. It's a sponge holder, and mm-hmm. when you put the sponge in, it looks like the scene where Homer is backing into the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I was going to print it, it out and paint it up for you. <laughs> I want it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I have yet to see any pictures of Gertrude Chandler Warner th- of of her being a comely young lass. They're all of her older days. Hmm. Hmm. Let me see if I can send you find the link for it. <laughs> yeah, we'll post it if we find it. I mean, I have it right here. Oh, if it'll go yeah, to she, that link. She was. She's wearing like a pink, pink, like a red coat, red yeah. pink coat over. Yeah, yeah. There's only one of them. Only one picture. She she was a handsome young lady. Uh, I would say she's more than handsome. The Boscar children have a pizza mystery. What? <laughs> Book number 33 in the series, The Boxcar Children, The Pizza Mystery. Well, she only wrote 18 of them. So after that, after they were, that goes they off were the written by end. other people. The Boxcar mm. Children Jump the Shark. <laughs> the Boxcar Children Jump the Shark. I mean, is there one with the Fonz in it? Does he jump the shark? (laughs) The boxcar children meet the Fonz. (laughs) Uh, That's a crossover I'd be down with. Or like the Hardy Boys and the Scooby-Doo team up. I I, I would watch that. The chocolate sundae mystery. Mm -hmm. The mystery of the stolen boxcar. (sighs) What kind of thief would steal a whole boxcar? Well, I would definitely say that that boxcar children probably fits in with our series books. You know, we need to do another uh, Babysitter's Club soon. We do, yeah. We also got to branch out into the Saddle Club. I heard that was very popular as well. Hmm. The Saddle Club? I think it's called the Saddle Club. Hmm. I wouldn't mind doing a Fear Street, too, for another series book. I never read a Fear Street when I was a kid. I, I kind of, like, skipped after Goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah, I kept it to Goosebumps and didn't really branch out into Arl Stein's other stuff. Yeah, it was the Saddle Club. The Saddle My cousin club. said okay. that she read those a lot. So if there's, you know, a lot of horse girls that like horses and stuff. Yep. I was always afraid of them because horses are giant. Horses are actually, uh, people all think that they turn into bats, but vampires actually turn into horses and they use that thick coat uh, that they have to block themselves from the sun. So, huh? Interesting fact. You don't just have to fear vampires during the day or horses during the day. You have to fear at night as well. Well, I'd like to welcome you to this timeline <laughs> where horses are not vampires. <laughs> I think we just—that's going to be the line from when we're calling out bullshit. From now yeah, on, I'd like, I'd like to, like to welcome, welcome you to this timeline, timeline where that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. Speaking of timelines, boys, I think we're down to the end yes. of our book yep. here. <laughs> we're so, getting on to it to an hour into it, and yeah, we're running out of things to talk about about yeah. the So, would you recommend this book? <laughs> I thought it was a pretty good book. Yeah, interesting concept. Yeah, probably give it like a six out of ten. Yeah, I'd go with that too. I would say try to find the original. It was more entertaining than the newer one. Ooh, yeah. I would, yeah, read both, uh, compare them. I want to read the uh, the earlier version now, too. Well, what you could do is do what I did, which is go on YouTube and find the audiobook because it's, uh, it's uh, um, fair. That's... Was that fair? What's the word? It's that's what's the... funny is that I I I read the book and then listened to the audiobook and they were the s- same pretty much for me. Yeah, for like, you and for me, I was like, this is way different. Yeah. So you had the you had the physical copy of the older version. Yeah, I have it in my car somewhere. Again, Harold mm. has a weird version. He'll have to update okay. and say what what uh, the copyright was so that yeah, we'll know. Find it. Bring it. So you're saying the, the, uh, the original episode. the original version is public domain. Yeah. Was that what so. You're there is a public domain version on YouTube. Okay. Yep. They and they remind you at the end of every chapter in the that beginning of domain. every chapter that it's a public domain. <laughs> oh, is it LibriVox? Yeah, yeah. LibriVox. Yeah. <laughs> I I've, I've done some stuff with LibriVox. 
Oh, look at okay. you. Yeah. Fancy. Hey, look up uh, Arsene Lupin versus Herlock Sholmes, and you'll get a, uh, a LibriVox recording that I made. Ooh, okay. nice. It's not Sherlock Holmes. It's Herlock Sholmes. Classy. Yes. Way to <laughs> avoid that copyright infringement. I know, right? They even mentioned Sherlock Holmes in the story, but- uh, no, <laughs> Of course they do. Master- Master thief Arsene Lupin uh, meets great detective Herlock Sholmes, and it's a it's a fun story, and it's available for free via LibriVox. Ah, fun! And I read it. It's my voice reading it. So yeah, dear listeners, <laughs> check out Andy on another medium. But after you write a review oh, for us, read for LibriVox by Andy Harrington. Yes, interesting. So next week it's Island of the Blue Dolphin. Well, next week it's Arsene Lupin versus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're going to continue our survival chapter with Island of the Blue Dolphins. Blue Dolphins? Blue Dolphin. I can't see it from here. I don't have it in front of me. (laughs) Island of the- I think Dolphin, realistically, isn't Uh, Dolphin the the plural of Dolphins? No, it's Island of the Blue Dolphins. I I just looked at the book. With an S. Island of the Blue Dolphins. dolphins? Look at those dolphins over there. Yes. Just say, look at those dolphins. Yes, it's dolphins is the plural form of dolphin singular it's not like moose dolphins are well, not moose, like moose the plural of moose is meese again welcome to this timeline where that is not true <laughs> <laughs> uh, so join us next time uh, when we cover about island of the blue dolphins or do- is it dolphine <laughs> dolphine yes the dolphine yeah island we're, we're gonna dolphine. be making up new plural versions of words <laughs> and it's our time. first official request oh yes, yes. This is yep. our first request book. So, Nyla, next week, it's your book. We're so. covering your suggestion. Better give yep. us five stars. <laughs> Pretty sure she already has, but dang it. <laughs> and any of you listeners out there can also give us suggestions, and we will not guaranteed do them, but you know, if it's a good idea, we'll do them. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Heck, we might build a whole chapter around them. We don't know. Right. If we get enough, we can definitely do that. So send them in. Send in the suggestions. And you can find any place to uh, to reach us. You visit our link tree on uh, linktr. ee slash reliterated. They put the dots before the two e's in link tree. It's weird. Mm, it's a weird, weird thing they do. But uh, we have a link tree with links to all of our social media sites and places to listen to this podcast. But since you're listening right now, you have found your method of listening to the podcast. So thank you. Thank you very much. And then uh, that's going to do it. Support your local libraries and independent booksellers. Give a shit. Read some lit. Bob's your uncle. That's reliterated. Thanks, everybody. This has been Reliterated, a production of the Chocolate Milk Friends and part of the 989 Podcast Network. If you enjoy our show, please consider giving us support by subscribing, recommending us to your book-reading, podcast-listening, 90s nostalgic friends, and most importantly, rating and reviewing us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible Podcasts, and Spotify. Did I mention we really want some Spotify ratings right now? Your ratings and reviews go a long way towards getting us in the ears of new listeners. You're also invited to join the growing Reliterated community on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. And if you really want to get nuts, we have a Discord too. So bing us and join us in this nonsense. If you have a book suggestion for a future episode or have questions for us, send us an email at reliterated at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I like your new sign-off, Harold. It makes <laughs> I, me feel like I need to get one. I just hit it. I was like, wait a second. I'm the Bob's Your Uncle guy. <laughs> Bob's Your Uncle, that's reliterated. Makes, makes it feel like the podcast is all over with, though. Like, Yeah. That's, a, that's it for us. <laughs> well, it is for tonight. <laughs> for, for for this episode, yes. yes for this is. episode. <laughs> well, in the future, you could you could be the last one to go, and or I could just uh, name off the book. I could be like Bob's your uncle, the book again, the book again. Yeah, yeah. There Bob's you go. your uncle, the book again, the book yep. again. <laughs> That's too literal. <laughs> Reliteral. Reliteral. <laughs> oh, good one. Good one to end up on.